Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. I'm Dane, and you know what? I don't think we're going to do the head thing anymore. I think, you know, I don't want to do it. I'm Bold! Just, I'm just going to sit here. Okay. I admire that. I think it's important. I was doing a bit for the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're not supposed to admire it. You're supposed yeah, to be like, I was like supposed to think it's well, bad. what about this head? Yeah, but what about Whatever. a bunch of other heads? I didn't catch what you were doing. I thought it was like, I don't know, maybe it's a good idea if you didn't feel like doing a thing a bit anymore in a show. Like, it's important in a comedy to let a bit go when it's not funny anymore. <laughs> yeah, but I would I would have told you that before the episode. I wouldn't have just sprung that on you. I Yeah, okay. Well, I boofed it then because uh, what were we talking about tonight? Well, actually, let me finish saying the intro, everybody. I've... I've been so thrown. <laughs> um, Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast. It still is, everybody. Uh, where it's about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and even play some games. Sometimes. But Dane, we're not playing any more games tonight. What are we talking games. about? Tonight, we are talking about Obstinate Players, which is the bit I was doing um. Yay! I guess yeah. it makes sense now. I was it does. being obstinate. Mm -hmm. I was too good a sport. <laughs> I ruined it. <laughs> yes. Uh. Well. So, um, obstinate players. That's uh, a thing that can come up, and we think it's worth talking about. Uh, when your players are not um uh, participating in like the story and the and the fun. So. Welcome to our Obstinate Players episode. Mm -hmm. uh, first, of course, uh, like we love to do, we're going to define what we mean when we say Obstinate Player. And uh, then we're going to talk about when players might become obstinate and why that's something to be avoided. Um, then we're going to talk about how to avoid that behavior as a player character. You know, mm -hmm. realize you're doing it and then be like, oh, I get it. Um, I get it now. And then, of course, we'll talk about how to deal with it as a GM. Right. There's a bit. Um, keep going. All right. There's a bit on the outline yes. that I just want to. I want to make sure we say again. Um. Yes. Yeah, so that's gonna be our show. So defining an obstinate player. Right. What do we mean when we talk about that? Uh, we are talking about a player that refuses to make a choice or decide on an action. Not. To be confused with needing some time to make a decision or trying to find a unique angle or a way to solve the problem. Uh, those are two different things. Uh -huh. We are talking about just flat out refusal. Mm -hmm. Right. So example. This is like a moment of, or not a moment, I guess this is like extended inaction or like refusal to act. Yes. Which, well, can be can be pretty disruptive. Mm -hmm. Right. So, example, you might be asking, "What the fuck? You're just saying a bunch of words." True. All right. So, that's, man, that's everything, baby. The whole world is people <laughs> walking around, walking into rooms with other people, and saying a bunch of words. Saying a bunch of words. <laughs> right. Well, imagine if you will, uh, you are in a room with two doors. Players must choose one door to leave the room and continue the adventure. 
right? Behind both door are challenges, right? Maybe there's a good chance that like one player will die and like that is knowledge that the whole party shares, right? So it's kind of scary. Which door are you gonna choose, right? An obstinate player will just be like, I'm gonna sit down in this room and thus ends my adventure. I'm not gonna choose yeah. a door. I'm Wait not for something try. else to happen. Wait mm-hmm. for something to happen to them as opposed to act. Right. Which, uh, not to be confused with like, okay, well, let's take a second, you know, let's have a 10 minute discussion about which door we're gonna choose. Let's weigh some pros and cons. Uh, maybe one character's like, well, I'm just gonna go around the corner of every, you know, trace the wall where, you know, the wall meets the floor and the wall meets the ceiling and like, are there any other ways out of here? I'm gonna try something crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Those those are good player actions, not just, well, I don't want to choose a door because I'm afraid I might die or my friend might die. So we're just not going to do anything because then I guess, you know, oh, that's it. Adventure over, guys. See you next time. You know, kind of lame. Yeah. So that's what we mean, I guess, when we say. Obstinate player. Yeah, a player, a player's being obstinate. Um, stubborn, I guess, is another word for it. We could have used. I believe Webster's definition. <laughs> I don't. I don't know it. Yeah, but I. <laughs> I think obstinate is good. It does like it accurately describes what this is. This is you know, um, basically like an active refusal to act mm-hmm. on the part of a player. Which means that's how their character is behaving in the adventure. And so when might players do this? And why? Why is it a bad thing? Why? When might players do this and why it's bad for the adventure? This, let me back up a little bit and say at the top, this isn't exactly a tips and tricks. And it's also not specifically for game masters or players. This is like a couple of older episodes we did where it's just... We're just talking this, about it. This is a thing that sometimes happens in role-playing. And uh, I don't know. You might have been a player who'd done this, didn't realize it. Or, you know, you might have dealt with this as a game master. You might have had players... Maybe it fractured the party and, you know, then, boop, out of role-playing. Yeah, what if, it, oh, what if it uh, ended a whole campaign never came back to it yeah something anyway so like this is a thing that could happen or may have already happened to you it's just a this is a a thing in in the role-playing space and so we're talking about it from kind of all sides so when players might do this and why it's bad right so probably unless they're just like a third Mm -hmm. players are not doing this on purpose right they're faced with a tough choice and it kind of stun locks them. And they're like, mm, mm-hmm. I hate all the options. Everything's bad. Uh, I want to restart. Before we get game, into the rest of this, I would say, so like if they are a turd, if they're doing it on purpose, outside of the game, this is not, this is not like a you know, good intention. This is what my player, my character would do. This is I am... A participant in this thing but I'm like I'm trying to be disruptive I'm trying to be disruptive outside of the game I'm trying to make it harder and less fun for other people to play because I want to make it about me or whatever 
that might be what's going on. And if that's the case, this is probably not someone you want to be playing with. This is, you know, you need to evaluate whether and communicate with the other people in your group. Right. Uh, is that fun? Do we want to do this with this person anymore? But if that is not the case, if they're not actively being a butthead, then it's probably because... It's probably accident, right? Yeah. They misunderstood something like, you know, they think uh, something else is going to happen. Like maybe you dropped or, you know, they misunderstood something that you mm. like dropped earlier on that like, oh... You know, this is going to get us out of the situation. Oh, there's like help coming. They're worried about something else. There's, you know, there's a clue that they picked up on that may or may not be real. That they're like, ah, but what about this thing? What about this thing? We can't do this because we haven't dealt with this yet. That, that can lead to, you know, that can lead to a player not knowing how to make decisions for their character. Yes. Or, you know, they also could be, like, attached to their expectations of, like, how their character interacts with the world. Like, ooh, well, I'm a thief, so, like, if we grab the idol and, like, the, you know, the walls start collapsing, but, like, I'm such a good thief that, like, that shouldn't happen. Like, you know, I can, you know, Indiana Jones bag a sandit, right? So, like, that's how we're going to get out of this situation. And then... And then it doesn't. You know, it doesn't, and they're like, well fuck because that's what i'm gonna i'm gonna you know get Mm. stuck on this thing that like my character is such a good thief that this shouldn't have happened yeah right and i'll which is easy to do because like Mm. you fall in love with your character you think that like they should be really good at the things that they're really good at and sometimes the dice just fuck you and it's tough to fall you know be like oh i'm a sharpshooter and then you miss like the most important shot of the game and like your friend dies, and you just want to like break your gun over your knee and give up. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So it's probably something yeah. that happens on accident, and a lot of the times players won't even realize they're doing it because they're they're so immersed. You know, they they're following a trail of clues that you didn't actually leave, or you know, they're so involved in their character that's like, you know, they got a picture in their head. Mm-hmm. how it's supposed to go. Yeah. So you can't fault them for that, right? You know, that's just something that happens. That means they're a good role player. Or maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Anyways, why is it bad? Why is it bad? Well, there's the just kind of main thing, especially if the party is all in the same place and one of them is like, no, I'm not going to do anything. Uh doesn't it's not always as bad if the party is like spread out doing different stuff like uh you know sort of an in-between dungeons town Mm -hmm. episode if one player is like i just drink this whole time that's not a huge deal right but even that even even that is a decision yeah that a player you know made that they Mm -hmm. said like my character's gonna go do this um but if the like if the party is all together moving through a dungeon together and one character is like no, when a decision comes up. They're just like, no, I'm not going to engage with this decision. Well, then what the hell, what the hell is everyone else supposed to do? Mm-hmm. You know, leave them going without them? Yes, maybe, but, you know, we'll get to that right. later. Yeah. Um, it, it takes all the momentum 
out of the story. It wrecks any pacing that your game master was trying to do. Say they were like, you know, trying to, because, you know, we know what a bugaboo scheduling is in this mm. hobby. Say you had four hours and you're like, I think if we start on time, I can bring this dungeon to a close in the allotted time that we have. And then suddenly, instead of interacting with, you know, one of the obstacles in the dungeon, mm-hmm. you've got a character who's just, like, kind of refusing to participate with the things presented to them. Mm. Or even, like, you know, mess with other players. Like, I don't know, one of the other players picked up a choice piece of loot and you're just so focused on that and you're like, okay, well, I try to steal that loot. You know, I try to convince them to give me that loot. And you're spending all your actions not helping out with the dungeon, just fucking with this other player. Which I guess, like, at the beginning, we defined Mm. obstinate players as, you know, like commitment to inaction. Mm. But it could be, you know, commitment to... The same action. The same action. Like, I'm going to keep trying to do this. I'm going to keep trying and keep trying. Like, I think that, like, this brick wall leads somewhere. I'm going to keep trying to, like, open it, whatever. Nothing there, man. Doesn't happen. So, yeah, stops the story, lose momentum, wreck your game master's pacing. How are they going to bring things in on the deadline, you know, mm-hmm. the session deadline? You only have so many hours to play in a given week or month, however often you get together. And now, you know, how do you expect the game master to pull it off if you're not going to actively participate? The other thing we talked how many episodes ago i don't know a while we talked about like the venn diagram of responsibility and we talked about um how you know the game master is a player sort of but the game master actually gets to play a lot and we talked about the division of playtime. if you do shit like this then you're kind of taken away from the other people's play Yeah, time, right? you know, like, like if, if there's if there's six people, including the game master, that is at best, you know, one sixth of the time you're actually playing, mm-hmm. especially in like turn based situation, combat, whatever. And if you're not helping move things forward, then you are stealing that time from everybody else, heaping it upon yourself. And right. nothing's and happening. Like you take, so, like, you know, the example about the doors, right? If your character, for some reason, I don't know, maybe, you know, you're the only one who can open the doors and you're like, I'm not going to open the doors. Then everybody else is also stuck in that room. And, yeah. you know, they don't get to play either. And that's, you know, that's an especially, like, cursed situation. Yeah. It's like, oh, you as the game master, you give him two locked doors. Mm-hmm. And one guy has, like, the lock-picking kit. One person has the ability right. to, like, move forward. And they're like, I'm not going to. Because they're expecting something else to happen. Mm-hmm. Or they're committed to this other thing, thing that they thought of. Right. And, yeah. So, so it just, it takes away that's from why bad. a lot of things, right? It takes away from the story, it kind of screws up the game master, it takes away from the other players. It affects everybody. Yeah. Now, I think we can all agree that that's not very cool to take away other people's time. So, how do you avoid it, right? You might not know you're doing it, 
and then suddenly you realize, okay, so how do you get out of this situation, right? Best, easiest advice is just do something, right? Just do something, forehead. Um, you know, you're stuck in that room. Try something crazy, like, oh, or is there is there any corners of the room that look a little odd? Or like, is there an air vent or something, right? That's at least trying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the next point we'll talk more in depth about, but like, trust your GM. Throw some crazy stuff out mm-hmm. there to try to get your character out of this situation that they don't want to be in. Hopefully your game master picks up on that because they also want to move the story forward. Believe you. Believe you me. Wait. Believe me you? I don't know. Believe both of us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So another episode we did, (coughs) moving the story forward uh, way back in the early days, like... It wasn't that early. It was like 20 episodes in. Yeah, it's still like... Yeah, it's a while ago. 2021. Yeah. Uh, We talked about ways to... A player can help move the story forward, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you got... The the group got stuck, and so, like, here's what you can do. You can, like, ask the game master master for help and be like, okay, I don't really understand what we're supposed to be doing here. Can you uh, recap, like the intro to this room or something, right? Right. Um, You can ask in character another player and be like, hey, you have a rope, a magic rope. Why don't, what if we could do something with that? What if the magic rope could, yeah, to start like, you know, remembering what other players can do, bounce ideas off of them, see what triggers. That, I, it, it doesn't always apply though in the case of obstinacy no. and I, so yeah. I wrote this I want to I want to bring it back to something you said the difference between doing something in character or mm. out of character we have that later in this outline but I brought it up again to this section sometimes if you're like if you're not a butthead right you're not actively trying to ruin everyone else's gaming session but you're like, nothing I try is working, or I'm mm-hmm. trying to do nothing and nothing is happening. I'm trying to wait for something to happen and it's not coming. It's just a game, right? Like, you know, yeah. you don't owe an audience any sort of entertainment value. You, mm-hmm. It's not like you're not allowed to break character. Out of character, say, I thought it was going to be like this. Is there nothing like that here? And then, you know, for the sake of expediency, for the sake of everyone having a good time, Game Master will be like, no, I don't have anything else. Like, if you wait here, nothing's going to happen. Mm. Or, you know, if you keep trying that, it's nothing. Like, that's that's it. And have that conversation. Have that out of character, out of, you know, game master, player character thing. Just be like, is this anything? This is what I'm trying to make happen. This is what I thought this was about. Mm-hmm. Is it anything? And game master will be like, oh, that's why you're waiting. No, actually, sorry. There's nothing like that over there. Or if you wait, I don't have anything else planned. It's just this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, now I won't stop messing with it. But that is the thing that like players do. Players mm-hmm. sometimes they like, I don't know, they they try to break the game a little bit. Sometimes without even realizing that they're doing it mm, right. and, because they have an expectation of yeah. like, Oh, this is how I want it to go. So they're going to try really hard to make that happen. Yeah. 
But then it doesn't happen a couple of times or, you know, you wait, you're waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. Doesn't. And say, Game Master, is there anything else or is this the path forward? And be like, yeah, yeah this is the path forward. I'm not going to tell you which door does what or, you know, what solution mm-hmm. is the right one. But I can tell you without ruining anyone's fun because the fun is this way, that there's nothing else over here. You got to go this way. I mean, one of my favorite things to do as a game master is when a player is like, well, I'm going to do this thing. And it's like kind of confusing. I just be like, okay, what are you trying to do? Like, yeah. what is, what's out of, the effect? You're out of character, for? what is the effect? What, like, what what's the outcome? Because I want to make this happen for you. Yeah. But like, I don't understand how you got from A to B, right? And then, you know, they'd be like, okay, in playing out of character... Just like, this is what I want to have happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I get it now. I can make that, yeah. Here, give I me can a make, roll. I can make that happen. Or I can say, that's not what this is about right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like, the best thing, you know, is just trust your GM. Mm-hmm. When you get into a hard situation, like, more times than not, um, they're trying to help the players out. They're not trying to just fuck them over. Um, occasionally that can happen, and that's a whole other thing, and we all know that, but... We've we've talked about this yeah. a little bit before. Like, there, there's an old joke or meme or whatever about, like, different types of dungeon masters. There's, like, the ones who get off on the power, who, mm-hmm. like, are in a power trip, and they want to be mean, and they want to be, like, strict or whatever. I don't think that type of dungeon master persists in this day and age very much. Yeah. Um then there's the other two types, the ones who really have a story they want to tell or the ones who are dungeon masters because no one else would do it, and so they had yeah. to do it. Both of those types of dungeon masters are going to want to move things along into the fun part of whatever yeah. they have planned. Mm-hmm. All right, so trusting the GM, big point. Like, you know, Put that up on the board. We haven't put anything in the board in a, little in a bit. long time. Trust your game master. Put that on the board trust in your game master because we have a little example here right mm-hmm. when you're talking about stories you can you don't need to go any further than la- avatar the last airbender very rarely have to look further than the last airbender for a good example of whatever fictional thing or storytelling trope you want to talk mm-hmm. about and he, hey here's one right here here's one right here right <laughs> trusting the gm right so ang he's got to defeat the fire lord right mm-hmm. For everybody else, that's like, yeah, you just kill him. Yeah, it's not complicated. You beat him in a duel, and you kill him, and it's over. And then, of course, Aang's like, well, I'm a monk, and that goes against everything I was taught, and I'm going to struggle with this. I don't want to do it, right? So there's some jokes to be made about how often they KO'd people in other ways, but, you know, now he's like... But he's, he's still, even if he did kill a bunch of other people... Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be out of character for him to struggle with the idea of, you know, a duel to the death. Right. And so in previous uh, hard situations, uh, Aang chose the option of running away. Like, you know, oh, I'm the Avatar, run away. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's off the table this time. Right. So he can't do that. And what's he going to do? Right. The plan has to go forward. We have to at least fight the Fire Lord or at least just stop what they're about to do because they're about to, you know, burn down everything, Mm -hmm. right? So we're still going to train. We're still going to do it. 
I'm just going to have to sort out my own shit. Yeah. Right? Then, of course, we all know that he finds the lion turtle, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we all know how that ended. Right? Which I would say, it's kind of like running away. It's there, There's some narrative symmetry mm-hmm. to, like, how he ended up in the well, iceberg in the first place. It's like he ran away, but then, you know, you get there. It's like, no, he didn't run away. You know, he went on, mm-hmm. like, he went on walkabout to try yeah. and, you know. Because Aang's version of the Game Master is his, like, cosmic connection. His, mm-hmm. you know, his holistic, spiritual oneness right. monk business. Everybody else, everybody else is like, oh, shit, Aang ran away again. Right. We got to go look for him. And he's like, no, I... There is an answer somewhere, and I need to do something else to find it. And so, you know, he takes an action, which puts everyone else in peril, but it is, you know, like a dramatic yeah. action. Right. So he trusted the GM to give him a way out of this impossible situation, right? And, you know, it worked out great for Team Avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it doesn't work out great for your party, like, you know, oh, somebody dies... Yeah, that's still part of the game. And unless, like, you told the game master straight up, like, I don't want my characters to die, mm-hmm. then there's a there's a, always a chance that they might just, you know, catch a bad roll and boop, dead. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, as long as you trust your game master not to be a dick, you know, on the rare occasion that they're on a power trip and whatever, they're probably not. They're probably going to meet you halfway somewhere and be like, okay, you know what? You don't actually have to go through one of those doors. Somebody's coming through the door. Right? And that is a good segue. Yeah. I think. To I so that. that's what we were talking about. How to avoid, you know, obstinacy as a player. How do you address it when you find it as a game master? Well we're gonna refer back again to our moving the story forward episode. There is always a bunch of stuff in your toolkit as a game master that you can throw at your players to force them to make some sort of mm-hmm. decision. You can, you know, say, like, you had an idea of how you wanted stuff to go, but it's not happening. You know, one or two players are focused on the wrong thing. A single player is uh, committed to something else or refusing to act in this situation, whatever. You have all the power in the world to force them to act by, you know, shutting some of the options off from them Mm -hmm. or throwing an encounter at them. Matt Colville likes to talk about his just, like, orcs attack fallback. Yeah. You can always throw a fight at your players and break that log jam. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can make the walls start closing in. Other, there's, like, you are in charge of the environment. You can make, you can make the environment physically force them Right. Towards a decision. And, like, you can even, like, if you are like, okay, I guess I messed up. I made the decision too hard. Yeah, throw an encounter at them and then just, like, you know what? We don't need to worry about that right now, if at all, later. But, like, now we're worried about these orcs attacking us. And, like, now we got to go track down who sent them. And, like, Mm -hmm. boom. Story branch, baby. Yeah. And that other problem, that problem that was giving us... Such a hard time. Eh, maybe, maybe we don't come back to it. Forget about it. Mm. You know, that's your prerogative as a game master. Now, couple annotations here. This may not work if a player is being obstinate. If they're actively trying to push the bounds 
of inaction or, you know, commitment to the wrong decision after you've given them all the signposting you possibly can or, you know, whatever, they they might still do it if they're committed to that idea. And this might be where it's appropriate to kill someone. Mm -hmm. A player, well, a character in a story who refuses to get out of the way of a spike wall because they think if they just, like, wait it out, they're going to, like... I have plot armor. Like, I think something else is going to happen. I believe it's going to be this. And you've given them every opportunity to understand that, like, no, this is a lethal trap situation and you're supposed to escape it. And they're like, no, if I just, like, wait, something else is going to happen. And it's not. And you've made it clear. And they're committed to it anyway. A player who stands there is a player who probably just dies. And if they're really surprised or confused or upset about that at that point, then you probably need to have a conversation about why they're why they're in your group, mm-hmm. and you know because they're they're, they're actively they're being disruptive on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> so, but if a player is like, no, my character feels strongly this way. And they turn out to be wrong, and then they turn out to be dead. They're probably going to be a you know a better sport about it, and they'll also probably make more interesting choices next time. Yes, right. That's so. It means that you can move on, and hopefully, they've learned a lesson about the rules of the world. I guess right. Like, oh, if a spike is coming at me, it's going to hit me unless I move out of the way. Yeah. Right. Or whatever lesson, hopefully it's a good one. Right. Um, So it can be a lesson, a teaching moment, right, to just kill somebody when they're being really obstinate in that case. It's not necessarily the only option. No. um, But it is definitely a good one. I would say it's the extremist example of this, but like, you know... Uh, a less extreme example is like, oh, you know, refusal to act in this situation mm-hmm. ends up with, like, you all being captured. And maybe that isn't what you planned for the session, but it's, like, it's what makes narrative sense. And now they have a problem to overcome being captured, having to escape or whatever. And everyone knows that it's this character's fault that it happened to them <laughs> type of thing. So they can gang up on it. Yeah. Um... you're like, hey, you better redeem yourself. <laughs> And in, you know, trying to redeem that character might, uh, I don't know, they might make some more interesting choices again. Sure. Or next time. Yeah. Who knows? The, the important thing to remember um, is to give them something, right? Maybe that's a player dies. Maybe it's just an encounter. You know, they get attacked. Uh, so like our episode about hitting curveballs as a game master, that's like when a player does something weird and you have to roll with it. Mm-hmm. This time it's the opposite. You give your players something weird and they're going to have to roll with it because whatever was going on before just wasn't working. Yeah. So throw them a curveball. So, yeah, now curveball the situation. They were hung up on something that you thought was really simple. They made it not simple through misunderstanding, through their obstinacies, through whatever, mm. inaction. Now it's wacky, so, you know, change it. Mm-hmm. Give them something weird. And this kind of goes back to the beginning of this section. You have all the tools as a game master. 
throw something at them. Give them something else to interact with mm -hmm. and then have that thing lead them out of whatever the problem was. Right. Like, so, you know, players, uh, why don't you just cover your ears right now? Mm -hmm. uh, you got them covered? Can you hear me? Good. Players <coughs> I had to clear my heads. throat real bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. You didn't hear that. All right. Uh, players are like, you know, little, little kids. Uh, you dingle, you like dangle something shiny in front of them. They're going to pay attention to that now. You know, they could be like trying to play with a power tool and you're just like, Ooh, look shiny keys. Boom. They're on the keys now. Uh, you know, so it shouldn't be more than that, but if it is, uh, you might just need to address them as mm. like straight up player in the RL, you know, ditch the character outside immersion. of character voices, outside of you know mm. playing a role. You're like, guys, this is all. Like, imagine, okay, imagine the Fellowship gets to Balin's tomb, right? And the the wizard does his like arcana roll or whatever, and reads a little bit of the book, and you give them, you feed them the like the drama from the book. They're like, oh shit, it sort of worked, but there were orcs here and they all got killed. Mm -hmm. And then everyone is like, let's read the book some more. Let's keep reading the book. Let's read the hell out of the book. Let's cast <laughs> all kinds of spells and use all of our resources to try and like read all the parts of the book that are fucked up or obscured by blood or whatever. And then you say as the game master, guys, it's a book. that's all there is. That's... That's it. I communicated to you. I used it as a device to communicate a little bit of information and drama to you. And now you are where you are. And there's orcs coming. That's the important part mm -hmm. is you're going to have to fight them and escape. Don't focus on this wrong thing. You can do that because you're all just playing a game, mm -hmm. you know. And that's not some failing on the part of your players or you as a game master to occasionally be like, Sorry, we got in the weeds here. Mm. There's nothing more to this. This is right. the next thing. You know, and like there's always just like put it away mm -hmm. and we can deal with that later. Yeah. I didn't know you'd be so interested in this busted ass book. If you put it in your backpack, mm. I'll let you find someone else later who can help you read right. more of it. And, you know, that will give me a chance to, to actually write stuff it. Because also, it, I didn't write the rest of it. I gave you everything <laughs> I wrote already. I thought it would be cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, next time it will be so much cooler. Yeah. So, that, like, as a last resort, and don't think of it as a last resort, like, oh, I hope I don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, just say... Out of character. I, I think it's still up there on the board. You know, always open and honest lines of communication. Yeah. Communicate with the uh, players. Say that all the fucking with time. Your, with your GM. And if it has to happen... <laughs> oh, God. If it has to happen mid-session, that's fine. Communicate. You're like, sorry, guys. Misunderstanding. There's nothing more to this. That was just a bit of flavor. The rest of the adventure is this way. Sorry, but I don't have anything else prepped that way. And unless you're willing to just, like, freeball your whole campaign that way, it's always appropriate to just mm -hmm. 
bring it Which, back to of course what is you're a valid focusing. strategy you could right? also you do it that way too free ball. like if your whole campaign is just funhouse mm-hmm. off the cuff made up completely improv then fine nothing wrong with that uh but it probably won't be you're probably going to be you know sticking to a little bit of structure you're certainly going to be sticking to a little bit of a schedule outside okay. of the game the time you actually have set aside to game is limited and precious because people have lives and schedules and you have to fucking lives idiots jenga role-playing time into your weekends but yeah so anyway that i think is our episode about obstinate players hopefully you learned something maybe in maybe this episode avoided a few fights out of the billions of of people in role-playing sessions, but, you know, I count that as a win. Mm-hmm. One. And the hundreds of yeah. millions who listen to our show. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't forget about them hundreds of millions. Um, yeah. So, another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. If you like our stuff, head over, head on over uh, to 2HGM.com, where we've got a bunch of stuff. What's the main thing we got? Well, the main thing we got is our original role-playing system and setting uh-huh. uh, for said system. Uh, Afterlife. Afterlife. It is... Apocalyptic role-playing. One cool role-playing product. It's a book and a PDF. Uh, and the link is on our website. Take you right to DriveThruRPG. Um, book is really cool. Fully illustrated. Color... Printed in color, people. Mm-hmm. You know, we sprung for the color. Um, <laughs> spared no expense. Um, and you buy the book, you get the PDF for free. You so can why use that. You buy the book. Buy the book, get the PDF. Give the PDF to your players. Everybody play a new game. Hey, it's fucking cool. Um, we also have some other stuff. Links to our Twitter and Patreon. We're funny on Twitter. Uh, we like money on Patreon. Money, money, money. That's not a bad slogan. Uh, And we got some other stuff, too. Some downloadable little worksheets and just, like, minor role-playing stuff on there. Some some, uh, aftermarket uh, cheat sheets. Yeah, some some just, like, some hacks and other garbage. And it's fun. Join join us next time for another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Thank you to the Burning Saviors. For the use of the song Pond Hill is Finest is the intro and outro to our show. And we'll see everybody next time. See you next time. Unless not, and you refuse to move from this space because you're being obstinate.